Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Our scripture this morning are some very familiar words, some old, old words said by some new, new voices. As members of our Regional Youth Council for Oklahoma Disciples, youth around the state, uh, give again the story of Christmas. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinus was the governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger. Laid them in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. Then, the, then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known that the saying had been told them concerning this child. And all, who, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told him. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned. The shepherds returned. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Would you join me in prayer? On this special morning, God, speak to us again. May we hear 
in Christian community find those old, old words come alive and give us light and become living among us. May we see Jesus. Amen. Now that we've made it to December 24th, I have a question for you. Do you like the holidays? Or specifically, do you like Christmas? Or if you did at the start of the season, how are you feeling now? Recently, one of your pastors, and I won't tell you which one, ended a prayer by saying, and Christmas is almost over, amen. <laughs> I suspect that even the biggest Santa lover might be able to relate at this point in the calendar. Christmas hasn't even arrived yet, and for some of us, perhaps most of us, it would be nice if we could just get it right on out of here. There are several reasons why some of us come with our best Grinch selves at this point in the year. After all, the way we practice Christmas is expensive. About a quarter of us, statistically, are still paying off Christmas from 2022. We eat a bunch of food that might taste very good, but doesn't make us feel especially good. And we're all sick. But you notice that we're all... <laughs> we just have a little something... Even the most extroverted among us really could take a little rest day. The introverts are craving a rest week. Our homes are all too often turned upside down. But there's something more. A mental hardship that is difficult to name. This week I've come up with a grand theory for why this is. Why the holidays are at least a little bit hard for everyone. And that grand theory is this. We, uh, at this time of the year, it is a time that is disrupted by traditions. It is a time disrupted, drip, 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 by all the little extras. So if you're someone like my spouse, Kelsey, who likes a little chaos who's in it for the novelty, you like extra, you think this would be your time of year, but so sorry, no, no, we, we have to do this thing, and we have to eat this food, and we have to listen nonstop to this music, specifically the Charlie Brown Christmas special music, not the show, but the music. Or if you're someone more like me who loves tradition and regimen and structure and order, well, here are a list of all the extras you now have to fit in to squeeze between your normal life and your normal schedule and throw off all of your regular programming so that you have no sense of time or schedule or rhythm or flow. Now, wasn't that fun? Holidays are a time of extra in all shapes and sizes. And it's those extras that provide the joy for as long as it lasts but also some of the meaning. And even sometimes, if we're being honest, not only joy and meaning, but frankly, a little misery. This past week, I was talking about the Christmas story and traditions old and new with my friends at St. Catherine's. 
Wanda Crone, who I imagine is joining us by church online today and is not appreciating me regaling this, she always asks the best questions. And she had another one for the table on Tuesday. Do you think the manger was clean? Did they at least put out some fresh hay for that baby? Which led into another question. Do you think a midwife came to help Mary? And then we talked about home construction in the ancient Near East and about how we envision this stable as a, an attached, a detached barn out behind a house, but that's not really how homes were made then. So Caroline Holdaway was sharing about a time that she was in Frankfurt, Germany, and how the animals lived in kind of what we would call an attached garage, a room adjoining the house, and how the little animals would just stick their heads in over into the kitchen which is more about how scholars describe where Mary gave birth, by the way, than like a shed. More of the uh, ancient version of an attached garage. But here's the thing. We have all of these questions because the Bible just doesn't say too much about any of this. Here's your pop quiz for Christmas Eve morning. Which of the Gospels includes the donkey? If anybody knows, please raise your hand. Which Gospel includes the donkey Mary rode on? Is it Luke or Matthew? Trick question. It's neither. And yet every nativity set you will ever buy has a noble beast of burden included. The birth itself is given very few details in Matthew and Luke's Gospel. Today's section from Luke tells us these words about the birth of Jesus. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the guest room. That's the story of Jesus' birth. Matthew's account is even shorter. It's tucked into this other story about Joseph and his dreams. Matthew 1, 24 and 25 say, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son and he named him Jesus. The birth of Jesus is this fantastic story with a scattering of strange aspects but remaining suspiciously light on details. It gives us just enough, just enough, not too much, so that we are driven to wonder, into questions, into sacred imagination. Was the hay clean? Was there a midwife? Did Joseph's extended family come to supervise? I wonder if Mary liked that. Did the cattle low? Did the baby awake? Did Joseph shed a tear? Did Mary cry? Did Jesus cry? Was it a silent night? Mary, did you know? Because here's the thing, if it weren't for all of the extras, we wouldn't have much of a Christmas story. If it weren't for all of the extras, all of the little details of a manger and a star, we would have just a few verses of scripture to tell. Over the last few weeks, our worship series here has been about home for the holidays, and we've been looking to this cast of characters that makes a nativity set, beginning with Mary and Joseph. And then over here, the angels. Last week, we had the kings from afar, the wise men, the magi. And this week, the shepherd. 
accompanied by, of course, animals, because everybody loves bringing animals to a birth. <laughs> what an odd assortment of people. Well, people and heavenly beings. Jesus might be the star of this show, but he gets surprisingly little screen time. It's really about all of these that we cast off as the extras that steal the show. This past week, I saw uh, the best little Christmas pageant ever. And even amongst an ensemble cast, they remind us that uh, some are more ensemble than others. If you've ever directed a children's Christmas pageant, then you know that there's still a hierarchy coming in only one step away from the bottom are the shepherds. They're only above the sheep, generally played by children too young to talk. Ranking somewhere between outcasts and average Joes, shepherds were at most, at most nobodies, at least societally speaking. As everything else has been in the story, it was a scandal that they were the ones invited to go, to witness, to give testimony to the arrival of the Christ child. And here's how you know that Mary's full of grace. Mary doesn't see the shepherd's visit by a bunch of strange men as a nuisance to be despised as she recovered from the realities of childbirth. Instead, it says, Mary treasured all of their words in her heart. That's grace. All the little extras are what give this story meaning. All the little extras that showed up when Jesus was coming home. My friends, we're knocking on the door at Christmas. It'll be here in just hours. And it is still the case that we in our lives deploy every little extra we can think of as Jesus comes home again into this world and into our hearts. Extra for kids, extra to eat, extra to go and do and see, extra lights, the extras so much. And they begin to stop giving that meaning or remembrance or joy. And all too often simply become noise and nuisance, a burden to bear. I don't think that's how it's supposed to be for the record. Despite the fact that we often end up in this exact same spot. For some of us, the next few days will be a flurry of gathering connections or travel, if it isn't already. Some of us will show up to these gatherings as empty-handed as those shepherds peeking into the manger. And some of us will be as exhausted as Mary, who's done all of the work, and all she will have to carry are words to treasure in her heart. Some of us will be like the Magi, who give expensive, lavish gifts, which really serve no purpose for a newborn, but when you return them, they're enough money to, to flee to Egypt. <laughs> Some of us will be angels who keep interrupting this story at the worst possible time, and some of us will inevitably be Joseph, sitting quietly in the corner, having done the hard work of getting the family across the countryside in one piece. And maybe even a few of you, and not just me, will be the donkey, who always gets invited along, even though he's not really part of the story, properly speaking. But what we have in common is that all of them and all of us are extras to the main character 
We are part of the ensemble waiting for the star of the show, which is to say, God. The God who broke into this world once and is breaking in still. Something we can witness if only we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Don't miss it. The extras are only there to help point out, to reinforce, to underline the main character. They were never meant to replace God, only to help prepare for the arrival of the Christ child. Don't forget it. Don't forget it even as some of us travel to what we call home or as we put up the best imitation of what our childhood was or what we might have wished it was or even as we wish that our house was more of a home. It's still and always the same God who calls this home. The same God who calls even barns and mangers home. Yes, the extras are what give us meaning and even sometimes misery this time of year, but don't get it twisted. The main part is that the main character calls this world, our species, your heart, home. And all the rest, the traditions, the disruptions, the extras, they can help give a little more meaning or a little more wonder or a little more joy to what otherwise is a rather short and simple story, not even a sermon's length. God is with us. And here with us, God is home. Amen. Amen.